0: Balenciaga used children to promote sexually explicit products. They're taking some serious heat. Kim Kardashian speaking out about it, but I am not satisfied with these responses, and I will tell you why. Also, actress and professing Christian Tia Mowry said she's ending her 14-year marriage for self love. As you can guess, I have a lot to say about that. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. Happy Monday. I am so glad to be back with you guys. It has been a long time. Thanksgiving. Hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We had a great Thanksgiving. We spent it with my husband's family this year. Lots of cousins, lots of aunts and uncles, lots of food. It was wonderful. It was restful. And I hope that yours was too. But then the week before, I also had to take a little break because I had the stomach bug, which is one of the worst things that you can ever have somehow. And thankfully, graciously, my husband avoided it. But my kids and I, we both had it. It was terrible. I actually think I had it the worst of my kids. I mean, it really, it lasted a really long, like an inordinate amount of time. Thankfully, by the mercy of God, I had my appetite back just in time for uh, the pecan cobbler. Yes, pecan cobbler. That we had on Thanksgiving, but it was really terrible. But thank you to all of you who prayed for me, prayed for our family during that time. I'm sorry that I had to take a little break right before Thanksgiving. If you haven't listened, though, to last week's pre recorded episodes, we pre recorded them before. We took the break on the week of Thanksgiving. Go back and listen to those because on Monday, we talked about the recent climate meeting between all of the global elites, if you will, what was suggested there, what the strategy is for the future, according to these global leaders. And then we also did a Q&A on Tuesday and then, or I think that was Wednesday. I can't remember. But then we also did an episode with Naomi Riley, one of my favorite episodes maybe that we've ever done, because it's such a fascinating subject that so few people, people talk about, and that is what is really going on on Native American reservations. We hear, especially this time of year, We need our land back. You're living on stolen land. The white man has oppressed Native Americans. But what is actually oppressing the Native American population to the point to where they have such disproportionate rates of sexual assault and violent crime and murder and poverty and homelessness? Why is the education system on these reservations so terrible? And so we dig into exactly why that is on that episode. So go listen to that last week. Lots of good stuff. But if you guys have been following me on Instagram, you know that for the past 10 days or so, it's been very difficult for me not to have a show to talk to you about the drama that we are talking about today, namely Balenciaga. I talked about it on my Instagram stories. I'm like that, um, That meme of that kid like sitting in the classroom who looks like he's about to burst if he doesn't like say something or yell something or get something out. That's how I am when I don't have a show, an outlet to talk about the things that I need to talk about. But thankfully, I mean, or not thankfully, the Balenciaga story has carried over to today. So I have like new information to talk about. It's not just going back a week to when this was relevant. This is still a very relevant conversation and discussion. So I'm going to break it all down and tell you what I think about this in just a second. I do want to tell you before we get into that, uh, that we have amazing merch that is for sale right now on our merch site and I will link it in the description of this episode both on YouTube and on the listening side. I I mean the designers here at Blaze TV did such a good job. I love all of them. We've got two sweatshirts and we've got a little funny sticker, but I love the sweatshirt so much, but especially the Thrill of Hope one, you can see we've got it up on YouTube. On the back of the crew Next sweatshirt comes in green, comes in white, has uh, depiction. It has a drawing of Mary with Jesus in her womb. And it says a thrill of hope alongside it. And I just love that. I had like this rough idea of what I wanted it to be, but I'm not artistic. So I couldn't articulate it. And Blaze TV designers took my jumbled thoughts and then made something really beautiful. And then one of you suggested on Instagram, when I asked for some inspiration for Christmas merch, raise a joyful... Ruckus. And so we've got that in blue and in green in a crew neck uh, sweatshirt. That's a play on our raise a respectful ruckus that we always say. That's one of the things that I think we're called to do as Christians is to raise a respectful ruckus about the things that matter, but we also raise a joyful ruckus. The joy of the Lord is our strength and this is a joyful time of year. So raise a joyful ruckus. We've got that and then we've got our controversial sticker. And that is Mr. Pitbull. And it says you better watch out. You better watch out for pitbull danger. I know I'm going to get even just from this one piece of commentary, I'm going to get messages and emails from those of you telling me how wrong and how awful I am for talking about the danger that I think pitbulls represent. And our Pitbull has a cigar in his mouth. I don't know why, but I just thought that it added to his rough and tough look. So I'm just leaning into the anti-Pitbull brand that I have donned. All right. That's our Christmas merch. Definitely snag it. I'm super excited. I hope mine, I haven't even gotten mine. Some of you have already gotten yours. I hope mine came in so I can wear it and I can post it on Instagram. All right, I think that's all of the um, housekeeping announcement stuff that I have. Now, let's actually get into the story about Balenciaga. But let me just go ahead and take one break. Just before we get into it, I know the suspense is killing you. Let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day. That is Annie's Kit Club. Pretty much all my sponsors work as great Christmas gifts, and this is no exception. So if your kids, they're going to be home for Christmas break, but you want to make sure that they're still using their downtime in a way that is productive, that is constructive, that exercises their problem solving skills and creativity in a way that screens just can't, then you need to try out Annie's Kit Clubs. Maybe this is like an early Christmas gift for them. It's a craft subscription service. And so every month you get a new craft in a box, shows up on your front porch, and inside you have a new Craft. You've got a woodworking kit for your daughters, maybe a jewelry making kit. STEM projects, all different kinds of things, has all the instructions, all the supplies that you need. This is really perfect for kids ages 7 to 12, but there's some wiggle room there just depending on what your kid is capable of and what they like to do. But this is a great way to keep your kids entertained. They also have craft subscription services for you as the mom. So if you want to craft with the whole family, then you can do that. The great thing about it is if you try it out and you're like, you know what, this is not really for us, you can cancel at any time. No longer Long-term contracts or anything like that, but I know you're gonna love it. This is one of my favorite sponsors because you guys, so many of you have subscribed and you love it for your family. So go to Annie'sKitClubs.com/slash Allie when you do, you can get 75 percent off your first month of your subscription. That's a great deal. Annie'sKitClubs.com/slash Allie. Annie'sKitClubs.com/slash Allie. Okay, let's talk about Balenciaga. Um, I don't, I didn't know very much about Balenciaga at all. Uh, your girl is not really a designer fashion type person. I'm also not really in that much to celebrity culture. I mean, I feel like I just kind of know things that are going on just by being on social media, but I'm really not into that. The only thing I know about Balenciaga is that Cardi B, who I also don't really listen to, but somehow I have like I have her lyrics in the reserves of my mind, and she has that one lyric in some song from a few years ago that says, like, I like those Balenciagas, the one that looks like socks. So I guess Balenciaga sells shoes that look like socks. I don't know, Cardi B. I don't know. But that's not what we're talking about today. We are talking about Balenciaga getting in hot water because of a disgusting advertising campaign, a holiday campaign that they posted on their website Involving young children. We're talking three or four year olds, and they are surrounded by items, including the item that they are holding, that have to do with bondage sex. Now, it is difficult for me to even say that. And I am going to allow you, if you don't know what I mean by that, to just kind of piece together what that is. And if you've seen the pictures, you can probably deduce what I'm talking about. It's BDSM. It's a type of sexual activity, often pornography, that has to do with very often pain and humiliation. And we will leave it at that. And there are different types of outfits and tools, I guess, that are used. They often look like leather and just painful and gothic and just strange. Um, And they decided that, oh, this would be like a good pairing with children to put on our website. They sell these plush teddy bear backpacks that look perhaps like a children's toy. And if you're watching on YouTube, we'll put some of the stuff up. We're going to blur out the kids' faces because the last thing that I want to do is to aid in the exploitation of of these children. But I do want you to see what I'm talking about so you know I'm not just making this up. They look like children's toys, but they are wearing these leather straps and the choker and the spikes. And some people were saying, well, maybe it's just gothic. Maybe it's not Bondage, but as we will talk about in just a second, Balenciaga apologized for this, and some of the celebrities involved with Balenciaga actually apologized and said they're reevaluating their rela- the relationship. And so Balenciaga never said, "Oh no, it has nothing to do with bondage." Balenciaga never said, "Oh no, 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 you're wrong. It's just emo. It's just gothic." No, when people said, "Uh, why are children being paired with bondage, BDSM stuff?" They never denied that this is what happened. So let's back up a little bit and just uh, and just give you kind of a recap. And so, as you can see in this picture, with the child's face blurred out, uh, she is holding this little bear in the bondage outfit. And then some of the items that you can see, this child, one of the children, they're standing on a bed. They've got like uh, chains and chokers around them. Very strange. The combination of childlike items and clearly adult sexual items I think is very strange. I mean, they've got dog collars, really weird. There's one picture as well where the child is laying down on the couch on uh, his or her stomach. You can't tell. I think the, andro- uh, the androgynous nature also of the children's appearance and outfits is probably um Uh, probably intentional there. The child even kind of looks drugged. And in the picture where the child is laying down on his or her stomach, there are like wine glasses and alcohol glasses all around. So very odd. There's another picture that um, that they put up of a child standing in his bedroom with this plush bondage toy over uh, in the corner again just very strange and so i originally saw all of this from a um, from a tweet from a person who goes by shoe on head and she's a very popular uh youtuber she's not Conservative, she's not liberal, but she does talk about a lot of things, including child um, exploitation. And so she posted about this. This tweet went viral, and then people started digging into the rest of the ad- or the other advertisements that Balenciaga posts. Some of the other photos that they had been publishing. And one of the photos, uh, this is was on their website, and it's a collaboration with Adidas. And there is a purse that's on a table, and underneath the purse is a bunch of papers. In one of the papers, you can actually see the text. Some internet sleuths figured out that this case that is shown is a Supreme Court case, United States v. Michael Williams from 2008, it has to do with child sex abuse material, child pornography, and the little bit that is shown is actually a uh, part of a case called Ashcroft v. Free Speech Coalition. Ashcroft v. Free Speech Coalition, 2002 Supreme Court case that struck down two overbroad what they considered overbroad provisions of the Child Pornography Prevention Act of 1996 because they abridged the freedom to engage in a substantial amount of lawful speech. This part is according to Wikipedia. The case was brought against the government by the Free Speech Coalition, a California trade association for the adult entertainment industry, along with Bold Type Inc., a publisher of a book advocating the nudist lifestyle. Um, These are people who wanted to paint and to post erotic images. Um, But under uh, the Child Pornography Prevention Act, some of the things that they wanted to publish were illegal. And so this free speech coalition, they challenged the illegality of this kind of artistry and it went to the supreme court and the supreme court said that you know what you're right the child pornography prevention act is too over broad and you should be able to depict some of the things that these type of artists want to um uh want to published. It should be covered under the First Amendment. Now, that doesn't mean obviously that all forms of child sex abuse material are covered under the First Amendment, but this particular Supreme Court case said that the Child Pornography Prevention Act just went too far. Tell me why Balenciaga would choose of all Supreme Court cases, because it's it's pretty common, for these kinds of campaigns to use Supreme Court cases as documents um, because they are available to the public. They don't have to worry about copyright and things like that. That's, that's pretty common. But why, out of all of the Supreme Court cases that they could have chosen, why did they choose this one? Why did they choose this one to put on display? It wasn't even hidden that well. It's almost like they wanted people to see that they chose this particular Supreme Court case. So this has a lot of people, understandably, scratching their heads. Now, Balenciaga has been pushing the limits of fashion for a while, and I don't think most people even really pay attention to that. Um, if you look at their 2023 line, a uh, spring collection, which is what they are now advertising that includes the bondage, the teddy Bear backpack things, um, most of The uh, most of the attire that we're seeing, and we'll put some up on YouTube, is bondage related. Like it's uh, a lot of leather, a lot of chains, a lot of things that look painful, not comfortable. Um, You also have some of their models uh, looking like they've just gotten beaten up. That's a little strange, right? Like you are condoning, you're glorifying, glamorizing sexual abuse. You'll see that there is this one, again, I think androgynous looking model wearing Balenciaga, I guess, had just walked the runway, who has like a fake bloody nose, a fake almost like broken nose, a fake black eye, and is holding up this plush teddy bear with its bondage gear on, the same plush teddy bear that is being held by children in their advertising campaign. So Balenciaga, are you... Trying to condone, glamorize, normalize, mainstream, not just sex with children, which is rape, but also violent sexual abuse of children? Is that what you're trying to normalize? Is that what you're trying to hint to? That that is the road that you want to go down, that you are glamorizing, and that you are now mainlining, mainstreaming the violent rape of children using BDSM? Is that what you're doing, Balenciaga? Now, Balenciaga, after they started receiving this backlash and they saw that people were understandably very upset about this, they did release a statement, a couple statements, which I find entirely insufficient. And I'll tell you why. So they posted this first on their Instagram story. We sincerely apologize for any offense our holiday campaign may have caused. Any offense. Not They're not sorry that they did it in this original apology. They're sorry that you were offended by it, you rubes. Our plush bear bags should not have been featured with children in this campaign. We have immediately removed the campaign from all platforms." And then they go on. Okay, so I think that they realized pretty quickly that that original apology, we apologize that you were offended, wasn't really going to cut it so then they posted this on their story we apologize for displaying unsettling documents in our campaign unsettling hmm. we take this matter very seriously and are taking legal action against the parties responsible for creating the set and including unapproved items for our spring 23 campaign photo shoot we strongly condemn abusive children in any form we stand for children's safety and well-being do you do you I'm not so sure about that. Like, you're telling me that you still can't take responsibility for this? Like, you're still blaming it on someone else? Like, this is not... the Advertising campaigns for companies that are this major, that are this elite, that are this big, they don't just pass through, like, one set of hands or one set of eyes. I mean, you are talking about dozens, at least dozens of adults who had to approve each and every step of this uh, advertising campaign, of these photographs. This isn't something that was just thrown together one day in, oops, we accidentally ignored that detail. Oh, we didn't realize that this child who is four is a four-year-old child holding bondage gear. Oh, that just, that totally surprised us. Come on. They're playing dumb. The only reason they're saying anything is because people got upset. They're not actually sorry for what they did. And here's my question, by the way. Even if you did, if you were just completely naive and you gave them the total benefit of the doubt, and you said, oh, somehow this just passed through all of these adults and they just didn't catch how this could be problematic, why are you creating a teddy bear that has bondage gear on in the first place, even if you didn't include children Even if it were just adults holding this teddy bear with bondage gear on, with a bondage collar and all of that, with BDSM stuff on, that would still be freaking weird. You're still infantilizing um, BDSM. Like you are still bringing a childlikeness into violent sexual activity. That is weird in itself. So don't just apologize that you put the Supreme Court case there, which was Uh, They're saying a coincidence. Don't just apologize that you used minors in this campaign to promote your BDSM stuff. Apologize that you're making this stuff in the first place. I mean, it would be bad enough to create this stuff for adults. But you're creating stuff that you know looks like a child's toy. And you're putting it in a set that looks like their room. You're putting it in a set that looks like their bed. That looks like their couch. Do not tell me that was accidental. Because it's not just the photos, it's the product itself that looks like a child's toy and yet is wearing sexual gear. You freaking sickos. So, no. I do not take this apology at all. I saw a lot of conservatives applauding when they apologized. And I get it. Like, okay, we're happy that for once conservatives, which it was mostly conservatives, it's not as much anymore. It was, though, seemingly kind of partisan in the beginning. But then I would say that it has grown to be kind of like nonpartisan, bipartisan for the most part. There's still a lot of people like mainstream outlets on the left who are really just reporting about the reaction to it rather than the problematic nature of the like campaign itself but i will say that this has become like a non-partisan bipartisan um, concern campaign and so i und- but i understand why there are conservatives who were applauding their apology who are saying this is great like our voices matter no i will be applauding when there are trials i will be applauding when there is an investigation by the doj into balenciaga i will say okay uh, we did something, we made an impact when there is some kind of legal accountability or at least investigation, some kind of process looking into how this company is exploiting children. That's when I will maybe say, you know what, I am, um, I, I'm feeling positive about how this is turning out. This is just lip service because they're afraid of losing money. That's all, that's all it is. Um, And then there were other other pieces to this puzzle that I also want to dig into that makes me think their apology is even more insincere than I originally thought it was, which is saying a lot. But let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day. That is Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They want to make it easy for you to try their service. You can do a 60-day trial. You can see if you like them. And then if it doesn't work for you, No big deal, no strings attached, but I really think you're going to like knowing that your money is being sent to a wireless provider that you can trust, that isn't then turning around and giving their money to campaigns and to politicians that are working against Your values, and uh, you're going to like their service. You're going to like their customer service. You're going to like that they use all the major networks. And so you're not going to have to worry about like dropped calls or anything like that that you don't worry about right now. You're just getting a major benefit of being able to support a company that aligns with the principles that you have. So, right now, when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get your third month for free plus free activation. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Alley. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Alley. All right, so the photographer told CNN, his name is Gabriel uh, Gallimberti. He told CNN that the direction and shooting of the campaign were totally out of his hands. He has... um. He's done other campaigns. I'm not going to say that they were ever sexual in nature, but he did do a campaign for uh, several years showing kids and their favorite toys. And he would go into their homes and do a photo shoot of children with their favorite toys. I'm not saying that he had any mal intent when it came to that. But I do think some people looked back on that and said, "Hmm, that's weird. So you seem to have, you have history taking picture of kids. And now you decided to take a picture of kids holding BDSM stuff. And he said, you know, it's out of my hands. As he says, as a photographer, I was only and solely registered to lit the given scene i think you meant light the given scene and take the shots according to my signature style as usual the direction of the campaign and of the shooting are not in the hands of the photographer okay that's true you didn't have to do it you didn't have to do it like when you showed up and you saw that okay this kid is laying on the couch with this weird sexually suggestive bear surrounded by wine glasses and champagne glasses and Uh, chokers and callers like, ooh, that's probably not something that I want to put my name on. You could have said that. Let's not act like you couldn't have. You could have said, no, I I don't do anything uh, sexually suggestive at all with kids. This is not a campaign that should include children. I'm sorry I'm not doing that. So while it may not have been your idea to do this, you could have said no. You could have just not done it. That is always an option. And then the father of one of the child models actually defended allowing his child to be a part of this because that's a lot of people's question. A lot of people's question is, where were the parents? Why would parents allow this? Well, because it makes money. And some parents, I think, are taken with a brand name like Balenciaga and they think, wow, like this is my child's big break. This is paying us a good amount of money. Maybe this is literally paying our bills this week. And so the father uh, said, according to Daily Mail, that he was present at the shoot, which was a, quote, enjoyable day out, and said that the bizarre pictures had been taken totally out of context. Hmm. Interesting. He said no parent would actively encourage the child to take part in something which was pornographic. And I think the publicity surrounding what has what happened has been blown out of proportion. I don't think so, actually. I don't think so at all. I think that you just didn't have discernment as a parent, that maybe you were just blinded by uh, the lights and the importance of it all. And you thought that this is no big deal. I mean, you could say that maybe you honestly did not know that that's what the bear was. Like, maybe you were misinformed or you were uninformed about that. All right. But that would be the statement that you would make as a parent after, like, oh, I didn't know that this was a part of a BDSM line by Balenciaga. Like, I did not know that this was pornographic in nature. And again, we know that it is because Balenciaga has never denied it. They never said, oh, that's not what these bears are. That's not what these items were surrounding the children. They said, oh, we should not have done that. If it wasn't supposed to be sexual in nature, they would have said, you weirdos, why are you thinking this way? This has nothing to do with sexuality whatsoever. So, I mean, we understand what it was supposed to be. And now they're just backtracking. And this dad, I guess, doesn't care. That just goes to show, like, when we talk about crazy things like Drag Queen Story Hour or parents putting their kids on puberty blockers or allowing their kids to be introduced to um, sexual content in schools and having no problem with it or taking their kids to these family friendly drag shows, uh, it's because there are parents who just don't see the protection of their child's innocence as important. That's not a value that they have. I'm not saying that they don't, in their own convoluted way, think that they love their children, but their definition of love, their definition of seeking their child's best interest is so fundamentally flawed and so different than you know yours and mine that it's almost like we're speaking a different language. It is very difficult to comprehend. It's very difficult to comprehend how... A parent could actually love their child and put their child in a situation in which they will be sexualized and exposed to sexuality. I mean, it's it's just really so sad. Um, Balenciaga, again, they're saying that this is not on us. They have now filed a $25 million lawsuit against the producers of the ad campaign. Balenciaga, this is according to New York Post, brought the suit on Friday, November 25th against production company North Six Inc. And set designer uh, Nicholas de Jardine and his company for the inclusion in one of the uh, ads of legal documents related to Ashcroft v. Free Speech Coalition. Balenciaga is bringing the case to seek redress for extensive damages defendants caused in connection with an advertising campaign Balenciaga hired them to produce, according to the Manhattan Supreme Court summons. Again, okay. Get your money. I I get it. Like you're trying to get money, but don't act like this is not your responsibility. This goes all the way up to the CEO. Okay? Everyone has to sign off on this. Everyone in charge has to sign off on this. Am I wrong on that? Is it interns signing off on this? Is this something that happens independently of the approval of the people in charge? I have a really hard time believing that. The people in leadership at Balenciaga knew that this was happening. They approved of what was happening. They helped select the images. They approved the images. They signed off on the creation of a plush teddy bear backpack with BDSM gear on. So don't act like, oh, your hands are your hands are clean of this. Just like Pilot. They are not. They are not. Um, and then there were some other strange developments, some other uh, conclusions to more online sleuths, particularly on Instagram and TikTok, uh, to, uh, they were looking into some of the other pictures that Balenciaga has posted. And they found some things that I think are just worth asking questions about. Again, I would have probably said, well, this is just a conspiracy. If it were just the background stuff, I would have thought, you know what people are looking too far into this. They're jumping to conclusions. I am not someone who looks for symbolism in everything in Hollywood or everything that a brand puts out or everything that a celebrity wears. Like there are people who put stock into like the color combinations that celebrities wear or different things like that. I just think in general, that's kind of a waste of time. It induces unnecessary anxiety about things. And yet there is some symbolism or there are some things present in these kinds of campaigns and photos that are so obvious and the connections are so blatant that you would be dumb not to investigate them. And when a company is so overt as to put the child in the BDSM gear together. Like I think that it is just common sense or logical to say, okay, what else have they been kind of sneaking into their campaigns before they became this overt? So some people are looking at um, uh, one of uh, one photo or one set of photos that featured um, uh, that featured a book in the background about the Belgian painter, Michael Bormans. And we can put up that picture, uh, Bormans art. I don't suggest looking it up. I didn't look it up. I saw this Instagram post where they had looked it up on Google images, like what the artwork of Michael Bormans is again, one of his books in the background of one of Balenciaga's photos. And they are very disturbing and very often violent and nude depictions, paintings of children. There is a picture of a little girl making herself throw up after eating. There are pictures, I'm sorry, this is disturbing, of naked children playing in what looks like the blood from one of an, a, another child's detached Limbs. Um, there was another Balenciaga photo that has a framed certificate in the background that seems to say college month honorarium with the name John Philip Fisher underneath it. Now, this is very difficult to verify, but some people are saying That you know, this is a strange selection of a name because there was a man by the name of John Philip Fisher. He in 2018 was charged and convicted of molesting his granddaughter from the age of four years old to the age of 16. Um, so there is no proof that they chose the name john philip fisher to be on a certificate in the background of one of their photos because of this guy who was convicted of molestation in 2018 but i will say that's a very specific name all three names in the same order of all the names that you could select to put on a put on a certificate in the back of your photo that's the one you chose i don't know i don't know. Also, there's an Instagram account called Mama Bear of Facts. She posted a series of pictures um, alleged to have previously been posted by a Balenciaga stylist by the name of Lada Valcava. and her Instagram is now private, and so we can't go into her Instagram and see these pictures for ourselves, but there are screenshots that people have uh, have been sharing of this Balenciaga stylist. She I don't believe was the stylist of this particular ad campaign, but she has styled for Balenciaga before. Again, we see a lot of violent depictions of children and a lot of satanic depictions. She has pictures of um it looks like Satan Um, I'm so sorry to even say this, but sexually assaulting a woman. There are pictures of children tied up. So this is apparently a Balenciaga stylist named Lada Volcava. So there are a lot of parts of this company that I think are very disturbing, or at least, I mean, we know that there are some parts that are objectively disturbing. And then there are some other questions that people have that take us down a very disturbing path. And man, I have spoken out against the conspiracies that are Q and QAnon, because I think that going down those conspiracy rabbit holes can really ruin people's lives and take you away from that which is actually true and that which we can see and that which we know. It's kind of a form of Gnosticism, but... Man, when you see things like this and you just ask yourself the question, like, how deep does this go? Like, how insidious is this problem of the sexualization of the violence against children? The problem with the QAnon conspiracy was not that it problematized child sex abuse or that it talked about sex trafficking. All of those are real problems. The problem with QAnon was that it saw Donald Trump as the savior and Q as the secret person leaving clues and all of that. All of that was nonsense. All of that was nonsense. Q actually, the whole QAnon conspiracy theory, because it very often went down rabbit holes that just were not true and were actually crazy, it missed what is really going on underneath our noses. And that is that These real companies happening in real time are sexualizing children, and they're not even trying to hide it. And it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It probably doesn't even have to do with the secret global cabal. It just has to do with evil and with malice and with wickedness that is insidious and that is pervasive in all different forms of society. Um, and you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to see that or to know that or to care about that. I think one really big damaging effect of the whole like QAnon thing, or maybe like the media emphasis on it, is that it conflated concern with child sexualization and with child sex abuse material and sex trafficking with conspiracy theorists and QAnon. And that made it partisan. And that meant that one side really didn't want to talk about it and the other side did. And like that, that is a problem. That is a really damaging effect of not just conspiracy theories, but also the media thinking that everything that the right cares about is a conspiracy theory. This should not be a partisan issue. Especially when you have Balenciaga, just like every other company, virtue signaling about words that are said and not actually caring about the corruption, the deadliness and just the darkness that is at the core of their mission. They recently cut ties with Kanye West after he made a series of anti-Semitic remarks. Um, And yet they are allowing this kind of thing to happen again with their approval, no matter what they say. Someone had to approve of this stuff. Um, Celebrities like Nicole Kidman, Bella Hadid, Haley uh, Bieber, they, at least from what I've seen as of right now, have not said anything. Uh, They have not condemned um, the ads. And these are the kind of people, of course, that would if Balenciaga said something that was distasteful about like, black people or about immigrants of course they would be the first people or trans people the first people to speak out why is this subject something that people are so reticent to say anything about it's very strange it should be the first thing that you have a concern about now kim kardashian i don't even know if i want to say to her credit i'll just say but i guess it is it is to her credit i am glad that she said something she put out a tweet thread About this because people have been tagging her. People have been saying, hey, Kim, you need to say something about this. You need to speak up about this. She put out a tweet thread yesterday and said, I have been quiet for the past few days, not because I haven't been disgusted and outraged by the recent Balenciaga campaigns, but because I wanted an opportunity to speak to their team to understand for myself how this could have happened. As a mother of four, I have been shaken by the disturbing images, the safe." The safety of children must be held with the highest regard in any attempts to normalize child abuse of any kind should have no place in our society, period. I appreciate Balenciaga's removal of the campaigns and apology and speaking with them, I believe they understand the seriousness of the issue and will take the necessary measures for this to never happen again. That I don't believe. Um, then she goes on to say, as for my future with Balenciaga, I am currently reevaluating my relationship with the brand based it off their willingness to accept accountability for something that should never have happened to begin with and the actions I am expecting them to take to protect children, I can almost guarantee she is not going to sever ties with Balenciaga, reevaluating. It's just, I just don't believe it's going to happen. If they had said something that was politically incorrect, according to the left, then she probably would have severed ties with them, I guess, depending on the money involved there. But again, I say, why is this subject, the sexual exploitation as children, regarded by anyone as partisan? Why should the story be that the right pounces or the conservatives pounce? But again, I guess I'm not all that surprised because a lot of the people who think that child sexual exploitation is a conspiracy theory would take their child to see a grown man in fake cleavage and fishnets dance for money and who think that it's totally normal to, uh, for a teacher to talk to their child about changing their genitalia when they're six years old. So I guess, again, this is just not a value that everyone has, but it should be. What do we always say? On this podcast, children are always the unconsenting subjects of progressive social experiments. And the religious right, really, like we did not even have enough foresight. People called us slippery slopers for saying that opening up sexuality and normalizing different kinds of sexual activity outside of the marriage between a man and a woman is going to lead to the normalization of other kinds of sexual perversion. Of course, we were called conspiracy theories then, but actually we didn't see far enough ahead. We didn't think it would get this bad. And it will only get worse. It will only get worse. Children, of course, they're the group of people. They don't have political capital. They don't have a voice. They don't have any power. Their safety, their protection is entirely dependent upon adults seeking their best interest. And look, that has been the role of the church, by the way, for thousands of years. I've given this spiel before, but Christianity revolutionized how the world saw children Go back to pagan Greece and pagan Rome in the ancient days. And when the church burst on the scene, it revolutionized how society regarded children and regarded women, regarded slaves, regarded the sick, regarded the elderly, all people who were pushed to the margins because of their lack of productivity and their political power and capital. Christianity universally the, universalizing the idea that people are made in the image of God. And then doubling down on that idea, emphasizing that idea even more by saying we are all equally dead without Christ or equally alive in Christ, um, it changed the game for how human beings are regarded. That we're not just um, valuable based on what we bring to the table, but we are inherently valuable because we have souls, because we were made by God. And we have a responsibility To care for the vulnerable. We have a responsibility to speak up for the voiceless. That was not true in ancient times. It will not be true in a post-Christian world, by the way. It is not true currently in countries in which Christianity has not been the historical basis. The entire idea of human rights, but especially children's rights and the protection of children, is based on a Christian idea and ideal that human beings are made in the image of God and that children are not Uh, products for exploitation but are rather vulnerable people to be protected but are actually gifts to parents to society that is a distinctly christian view and people don't realize that when you pull christianity out of the foundation of a society that things get really ugly really fast the thing that the things that america thinks are just obvious human rights dignity equality laws against murder and theft that's just common sense that's just natural law that's just obvious that's just objectively right and wrong you don't you don't realize how much you're taking that for granted that those things actually have a biblical foundation and when you take the foundation away again things get really ugly really fast i mean look at what's happening in canada with the whole assisted suicide movement, that's what happens when you take away the idea that human beings have any value and are made in the image of God. We really are just clumps of cells. Who cares what happens to the sick? What happens to the disabled? What happens to the baby in the womb? What happens to the child? And so here we are. Here we are. As I said a couple weeks ago, I used to think, what is the society that progressives want what will it actually look like how will we know when we are actually there here we are here we are we don't have to wait like we are actually already seeing the consequences of when progressivism says let's just tear down everything let's tear down the safeguards let's tear down the foundation let's tear down all of the constructions that were put up for the sake of order and safety and security and well-being Let's take those down and see what happens when things just run wild, when everyone decides for themselves what's good and what's right. Here we are. Do we like it? Are we happier? Are we safer? Are we better off? Are we more purposeful? Or are we lonelier? Are we in more danger? Are we more purposeless? I think we know the answer to that. Um, all right. A couple more quick things to talk about. Let me pause and tell you our next sponsor for the day. And that is... Public SQ, which stands for public square. It's an amazing app that can connect you to businesses in your area that share your values. I've told you guys before that I am encouraged by the um, the parallel economy that is popping up that people are saying, oh, I don't want to buy coffee or buy um, buy jewelry or buy whatever service it is, have my plumber be a part of a company that is against my values and that is using my money to work against the things that I hold dear. You want to support small businesses and buy services and products that are made by people who align with you. And that's what Public SQ allows you to do. So all you have to do is download the app, sign up for an account and you put in your area and you're good to go. You can also list your own business. And so people can find you and can support you who are like-minded. It's an awesome, awesome company. Stop giving your money to companies that hate you. Go to publicsq.com. You can download the app today. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Okay, I wanted to talk quickly about this Tia Maori story about divorce and her um her interview with black entertainment TV and how she said it's just basically about self-love and self care and this makes me sad for multiple reasons I'll get into why she's so wrong but Tia Mowry, she builds herself I think she and her sister both Tia and Tamara I mean you guys know probably sister sister I grew up watching that great show. Tia and Tamauri build themselves as Christians and it's hard to find Christians in Hollywood that you want to look up to who have marriages and relationships that can be esteemed and they seemed like a good example of that and now Tia Mowry's comments um, really make me really make me question honestly the authenticity of her faith. I'm not judging her salvation. I don't know if she saved or not. I pray to God that she is and that she repents of this horrible theology that she has in regards to a divorce and how we think about relationships and love and commitment and also ourselves. But I think that we can judge a tree buy its fruit and say, based on her comments here, that this is rotten fruit that is being produced. And I worry about the fruit that it will produce in others as well. So here's the headline. Tia Mowry reveals why she followed for divorce, plus why she considers her 14-year marriage with Corey Hardrick a success. Mowry said she knew it was time to move on from, from her marriage by saying this, I knew when I really started to focus on my happiness. I feel like women, we tend to focus on everybody else's happiness, making sure that everybody else is okay, meaning our children, our friends, our family. But at the end of the day, it's about self-love. That's demonic. When you start to really work on yourself, love yourself, know your value and know your worth, then all of a sudden there's this awakening and it's not easy. It's a hard journey. But at the end of the day, I feel like it is so, so worth it. I would not be shocked at all if she got this from Glennon Doyle. She probably read Untamed by Glennon Doyle and was like, yes, I need to follow along in this person's footsteps and liberate myself from the covenant that I made with my husband before God, the commitment that I've made to this marriage, the commitment that I made to my children. And for the sake of my own feelings, for the sake of my own self-affirmation, my own self-worship, my uh, own self-adoration, I am going to disintegrate this marriage, this covenant that God has brought together at the expense, not only of that commitment, but also at the expense of the health and the well-being and the security and stability of my children." It is wrong when people say it's just false, just based on data, based on any common sense that children just need their parents to be happy. Yes, I do think that ideally, ideally, children are in a home with two parents who are happy, who are happily in love, who show affection to one another, who get along who are happy and fulfilled as spouses, as parents, in the mission and causes that God has called them to. Yes, I think that is the ideal. But children do not need their parents to be happy-go-lucky all the time. They do not need their parents to always be smiling. They do not need their parents to feel good about themselves all the time. Ideally, they have happy, healthy parents consistently, but children need their parents to be together. Now, there are exceptions to that. Absolutely. I am not condoning tolerating abuse. I'm not. Uh, I am saying, though, that there are better things, there are deeper things, there are more important things to life and to marriage and to child raising than your own feelings of happiness and self-fulfillment. And what she is teaching her children in this is that my feelings matter more than yours. And not only is she saying that my feelings matter more than my children's feelings, she's saying that my feelings matter more than your stability and security and well-being. She may have deluded herself into thinking that, oh, my children will be better off if I'm just happy. If I feel myself, if I'm feeling good about my self-esteem, if I'm liberated from the bonds of marriage because I have tricked myself into thinking that that's what freedom and fulfillment looks like, but they're not. She has put her children on rocky ground. As Katie Faust often says, she is an adult asking her children to do hard things for her rather than how it should be adults doing hard things for their children. And that might mean working through a marriage that is not in that very moment giving you all of the butterflies and feelings that you want it to. Yes, marriage is about love, but it's also about another four-letter word, and that is work. That is what relationships look like. Children benefit from seeing the sacrifice and from seeing sometimes the hardship and sometimes the difficulty that is inherent in any committed relationship. And that is you offering a firm foundation for your children. There is a reason why scripture says that God hates divorce. That doesn't mean there's not forgiveness and redemption and grace there, but you are taking apart what God has brought together. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 19 that really goes against this whole idea that, oh, well, all that matters is that we're just happy and that we feel good about ourselves In the moment, the Pharisees in verse 3, Matthew 19, 3, Pharisees came to him and tested him by asking, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And Jesus said, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And I actually think the next couple verses are important too. They said to him, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart. Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And then you can read the whole thing about the passage. So basically saying, yes, God did allow for laws in ancient Israel uh, that permitted divorce in particular cases. But that is not because that was God's desire. It was not supposed to be like that from the beginning. It is because of, because of man's wickedness that sometimes God allowed there, uh, allowed for there to be the legality of divorce. But Jesus is saying that is not how it's supposed to be. God has joined you together, and sometimes it's going to be hard. And it is not about your self love. Let me read you what the Bible says about self love. A reminder: I wrote a book on this. I don't think you can see it in this shot. Yeah, there it is in the wide shot. You're not enough, and that's okay. Escaping the toxic culture of self love, um, as I have mentioned many times, as I argue in my book, because as as I have argued here, I do not encourage self-loathing or self-deprecation that is simply another form of self-obsession i do encourage a self-forgetfulness and i do tell you that the bible does not command us to love ourselves that how we feel about ourselves is a really bad indicator of how much we're worth and how valuable we are what we think about ourselves, what we see when we look in the mirror, our feelings about our aptitude, our insecurity. They are not good indicators of our value. You know what is God's unchanging love for us? Self-love is entirely dependent on our mood, on what other people think of us what other people say about us, about our accolades, about our success or lack thereof. Therefore, it is changing moment by moment. Can you imagine if you made all your decisions based on how you feel about yourself on any given day or in any given season? but instead we view ourselves through the prism of god's love which does not change because for the christian it is dependent upon christ what he has done for us and who he says that we are and that jesus hebrews 13:8 says is the same yesterday today and forever so that's good news that we do not make decisions based on how we feel about ourselves that we do not pursue self-love we pursue god's love. We do not love other people based on how much we love ourselves. I know that a lot of people say you can't love your neighbor until you love yourself because Jesus says love your neighbor as yourself. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying that you already naturally love yourself. You already are born loving yourself. That doesn't mean that you like yourself all the time. That does mean that you are always seeking your best interest. We naturally are seeking to quench our thirst. We naturally are seeking to satiate our hunger. We naturally are seeking shelter. We're naturally seeking protection. We are naturally seeking, in a lot of ways, alleviation from pain. We are seeking things that... Um, are good for ourselves. Even people pleasers are seeking the affirmation that comes from pleasing other people. Even people who tragically die by suicide are seeking alleviation from their misery. We are born loving ourselves. Our society, Tia Maori, is not suffering from a deficit of self-love. We already love ourselves way too much. That is actually the cause of most of our problems. We are being fed a lie that you don't love yourself enough. Society doesn't love themselves enough. Uh, Teenage girls don't love themselves enough. That's the problem. That's why they're sad. That's why they're depressed. That's why they're lonely. And so we just have to preach self-love over and over again. Then people will be happy and fulfilled. If that was the problem, we would be doing a lot better than we are. But actually, we've been preaching self-love and self-focus and self-fulfillment for decades, especially over the past 10 to 15 years. Where are we? Where are our rates of depression? our rates of anxiety, our rates of loneliness, are they higher or lower than they were 20 to 30 years ago? That's a rhetorical question. I think that you know the answer. Our problem is actually that we are focusing on ourselves too much. The problem, Tia Maori, is not that you are focused too much on the happiness of other people, but that you are now focused too much on the happiness of yourself. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be happy, but our happiness, thank God, as Christians, is not derived from how we feel about ourselves, but is derived from who God is and what he has done for us. And that does not change. That means the joy that we have is unshakable even when we are sad, even when life is hard, even when things are inconvenient, even when we are asked more than we asked of, even when things are asked of us that we think that we cannot give God's love gives us the reserves, the resources to be able to pour out love for other people, no matter how we feel about ourselves. That is the good news. That's why the culture of self-love is toxic because it's superficial, because it's unreliable. That's why the road to self-discovery and to self-liberation and self-fulfillment is actually just a hamster wheel. It leads nowhere. You're just exhausting yourself. Allow the Lord to care for you. Allow him to be the source of your joy and your fulfillment and your commitment. Allow him uh, to be the solid ground that you are looking for. The self can't be both the problem and the solution, Tia Maori. If inside yourself you are finding these very real feelings of insecurity and doubt and... And brokenness and depression and anxiety, you are not going to find the solution to those things in the same place where you are finding your problems. The only way to find solutions to the problems that we have inside of ourselves is to look outside of ourselves, namely to the God who created us, who tells us who we are, how much we're worth, why we matter, why we're here, what our job is here on earth. And one of those jobs is not to find out ways to love ourselves more. I promise it's not it's not there's a lot of freedom and self-forgetfulness again that's not self-loathing it's not self-deprecation it's not hating yourselves uh that is stewarding the body and the time and the life that you have and that can include a lot of restful things a lot of leisurely things a lot of joy and happiness inducing things that is not living a life of like morose sadness that is not um You know, again, being hateful to yourself—that is just finding your joy in something that is everlasting and unchanging. And we see now what the pursuit of self-love and self and self-fulfillment gets you, and it gets you broken relationships, gets you divorce, it gets you a delusion that makes you think that exchanging your child's, your children's well-being for your own superficial feelings of self-esteem is a worthy exchange. Here's what 2 Timothy 3 says about self-love. This is the, really the only time that we see in the Bible the, uh, God even talking about self-love. And here's how he describes it. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless unappeasable slanderous without self-control brutal not loving good treacherous reckless swollen with conceit lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god having the appearance of godliness but denying its power avoid such people here we go for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions Always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle. That's what it is. It's this superficial self-love theology that is just going to put you on a hamster wheel that will lead to disappointment and destruction. Repent and follow Christ. And he is the only one that will ever truly satisfy you. Tia Mowry. That's my prayer for her. It's very sad. She also goes on to say that my marriage is, that her marriage is a success. This is sad. I look at it as a curriculum when you're in college or high school. You're learning, you're growing, you're evolving, you're creating. And I was able to create with Corey some beautiful, amazing children. At the end of the curriculum, there's a graduation. There's a celebration. Whew, so lost. It's not a curriculum. It's a covenant. And to break it, it's not a small thing. Um, all right. Just uh, one more thing to say before we wrap. All right. Let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day. That, of course, is Good Ranchers. They've still got their Black Friday deal going on. Best deal of the year for a little bit longer. It includes, with your order, with my link in code, two free 12-ounce Black Angus New York strips. This is the best they've got. They're so good. And two free pasture-raised chicken breasts. Plus, you lock in your price for 2023 when you buy that subscription. So buy your box of meat. It can come with all different kinds of meat, beef chicken, seafood, all from American farms. You'll get it show up to showing up to your front door every month and you will lock in your price. And so you don't have to worry about inflation on meat. You will pay the same price for your subscription all year. That's a really, really great deal. You guys know I love them. I love the owners. They're just an awesome company. We eat Good Ranchers almost every night. If you have been waiting to bite the bullet, go ahead and do it. Buy yourself the Christmas present or buy someone in your family this Christmas present. I would love a gift of a box or a subscription to Good Ranchers. I just think that it's an awesome and thoughtful gift. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. Use discount code Allie to get this deal. Good Ranchers is American meat delivered right to your front door. You'll get those two free 12 ounce black angus new york strips plus two free pasture raised chicken breasts at goodrancherscom alley slash Alley. believe it or not i didn't even get to everything that i wanted to get to today i wanted to talk about tampax's dumb tweet and the nhl going trans oh man what a crazy world what a crazy world we live in uh but we will talk about that stuff tomorrow i i just have a lot of pent-up commentary as you can tell also if you're watching on youtube i hope you like our pretty christmas decorations aren't they beautiful um okay all right that's all i got to say today we will be back here tomorrow see you guys then